eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always courtesy of our friends at Odyssey, and we thank you guys for listening. I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I have the pleasure of being joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. On Twitter, and we are inching closer to the start of the regular season. Uh, In this episode, we will give our take on the New England quarterback situation. Um, We'll certainly touch on the loss of J.K. Dobbins to the Baltimore Ravens and what that means. Um, Baldy believes we could be looking at uh, one team in particular to watch in terms of setting some uh, new records in terms of scoring and offensive production. And we'll talk about a couple of youngsters who've caught Baldy's eye as well. But Baldy, we got to start in New England where not only is Cam Newton not the starter, he's not on the team. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't completely shocking because I didn't believe that if Mac Jones won the job, Jason, that Cam Newton would be a good backup. I mean, I just didn't think that it would it, the optics would look bad. I. You know, they went young and they're going to go with him. And I don't, after what he did to the Giants during the week last week, then what he did to him during the game, like he pushed the ball down the field in the game. There were a number of throws where, you know, I even think fans that were fans of Mac Jones said, I don't know if he could drive the ball. Well, he makes you, I'm not making any comparisons, but he kind of makes you remind you of the guy that was there for a long time, mm-hmm. that did it for a long time. I mean, that's kind of how he plays the game. And so Cam's out on the street and people are like, oh, you know, he's better than anybody in Denver. Well, I don't know if he's better than everybody right now. I don't know if he's going to go into another team and upgrade the quarterback position and learn a new offense and adjust and do all that stuff. He was given an unbelievable opportunity with the Patriots to do it. He got beat out. And so I I don't know what the future is for him, but I think the future for the Patriots with Mac Jones is pretty good. Well, and, and Baldy, I think, too, when you look at what happened the last week, not just in terms of what Mac Jones did in practices and in the yeah. final um, tune-up, but if you're going to be a backup quarterback, then the number one uh, 
characteristic is you got to be available, right? I mean, we had teams last year talking about putting a third COVID quarterback in quarantine just yep. because yep. you may have to break glass at any point and go to him to save your season. Like, you, you can't have a backup quarterback if you're trying to win a Super Bowl who – might be a close contact and is automatically gone for five days or in another scenario, 10 days. Like I think you'd have to be knowing Bill Belichick, you'd have to be really naive to think that those protocols and how they applied to an unvaccinated backup quarterback didn't have something to do with Cam Newton being banished off the roster. I mean, you missed five days and, and I, I could just imagine just how irked, Bill Belichick was because it's completely preventable. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what the percent of the, the league is vaccinated. I mean, it's 97. It's, it's high. It's a high number. Yes. But anybody that isn't and, you know, says, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't affect me. They should look at what just happened to Cam. I, I, I think it played into it. I think, it, and I don't think it was just that, you know, but sure. I think performance by Mac Jones certainly was a big part, but still, uh, you know, he got those two days of practice against the Giants, and he went out there, and he and everybody raved about it. Everybody said this was one of the best practices they've ever seen by anybody. 35 of 40, ball didn't hit the ground. And then he went out there and, and did basically the same thing to the Giants' defense. Um, you know, so I think it, I think it was performance-based. But, but, look, these are just the – this is just the reality in the NFL right now. And these – you, you – these COVID protocols are no joke. They, they're there for a reason. They didn't miss a game last year. You know, when there was no vaccine, Jason, like the last thing this league is going to do is miss a game. Like, like they, they showed you last year, like they, I don't care, Troy Vincent, the commissioner, pick a guy in the front office. I mean, they were going to play the season and they want to play the season this year too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think if you take a step back and look at like, Hoyer barely played, right? But he knows that Hoyer is going to be his. If I have to go to Hoyer, he's he's going to be available. Like he's, you know, barring uh, something um, out of the norm. Even if there's a breakthrough positive with him, the timetable to to get him able to play is just going to be a lot different than well, what it would have been for Cam you know, Newton. Knows, but I think also, you know, he knows the system. Uh, the Patriots yep. for a long time now, Jason have carried just two quarterbacks. Yep. So if you're the second quarterback, you're running the scout team. I just can't see Cam. Like Maybe I'm wrong because he's never been in this situation. But I can't see Cam running the scout team. I just can't see it. I can't see like how his frame of mind, attitude, like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, he, he embraced the role, but I doubt it. And, and um, Hoyer, Hoyer's been doing that for most of his yes. career. Yes. Yes. So you're um... – you're fairly bullish on Mac Jones' ability to run this offense and, and have it look better than it did a year ago because I think the offensive line is solid, and it's certainly a better group on paper of skill players than it was a year ago. Well, you know, everybody wants to talk about tight ends who didn't really play. Yeah. You know, Hunter Henry or Janu Smith, you know, or the wide receivers. The, the two guys that are new to this roster that opened my eyes is that J.J. Taylor at five foot six. Uh, and then Ramondre Stevenson at 255 pounds. Like, both those guys – I mean, that's one of the reasons why they traded Sony Michelle. Like, they yep. got depth in the backfield, Damian Harris, not to mention. 
And so, you know, they're always going to want to run the football. It's always going to be the foundation of what they do. Whenever the New England Patriots struggle under Bill Belichick, I mean, they go right back to I formation mm-hmm. and they knock people mm-hmm. off the ball. That's, that's always been their fallback. All right, let's get back to the basics. Let's knock people off the ball. And these two backs are <laughs> – I think they're really good. Yeah. I know preseason. I mean, I know all that stuff. But I think both of them can play. And so I just think the running back position is deeper and better than it's been as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you, Baldy. Um, and we know how they like to employ the fullback. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think they're going to be an interesting team. Uh, well, they play – I know they're going to be a lot better defensively. Yeah. Jason, much better. And, then, yeah. I, you know, and we don't know what's going to go on with Stephon Gilmore. I, I doubt it doesn't look good. I mean, I don't know what his role is going to – what's going to happen. But it, it, with or without him. They're going to be a good defense. They've upgraded every position on the team on that side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think Barrymore is going to be interesting. I think Judon's going to be very effective for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I, I think there's certainly a team that has the the potential to get back to the postseason. They they start with the Dolphins before we move off of the Patriots. Um, There has been some Dolphins. I guess it's news. I'm kind of using air quotes. You know, Brian Flores has come out and said that, you know, two is our quarterback, which I think everybody already knew. But in light of the Deshaun Watson stuff that's still floating around, I get it. Um, I mean, look, this kid didn't have a normal offseason last year. He didn't get the kind of incubation that you would want for a rookie quarterback. He played behind an awful offensive line. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. Now he's got two offensive coordinators. I'm not sure that that's the best thing for him. Um but it just seems like he is a beacon for polarizing opinions one way or the other, even when he doesn't do a thing himself. Well, I mean, the people that have sh- strong opinions against Tua, I don't know if they really watch him. Yeah. Like, I've watched every throw in the preseason. I know it's, I know what that is. But, like, I saw one bad throw in the preseason, and that was, uh, you know, an interception. He was going to the tight end down the seam, and he was late, and I don't know what – I'm not sure what happened. But otherwise, he moved the team like he's very accurate. He's got tremendous mechanics, great footwork. And look, you you can't criticize any of these quarterbacks, Jason, that are under the ideal height. It's who they are. I don't care if you're Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, whatever. But I think there's an advantage when you're six foot tall or whatever he is. Like, because your footwork is just so much better than somebody who's six foot six. Like his footwork, St. Drew Brees always said, you know, he's a state tennis champ, all this stuff. His footwork was amazing. And it was one of the reasons why he was so accurate. And and I'm not comparing him to Drew Brees, but his footwork reminds me of that. Like he's always in a position to throw the ball. And I think he sees the field really, really well. I think Kosicki is going to become a star. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's a freakish athlete. There's not many tight ends. And, and that's including Kelsey and some of these other beasts out there that are at you know more athletic than Gasicki. Like I think that guy's going to really pop this year. And, and you know, and then you know the receivers like we didn't see Kenny Stills, we didn't see you know Devon, uh, you know Parker, we didn't see a lot of these guys in preseason. A little bit of Jalen Waddle, but they've got enough. They've got enough to be good offensively, and he's got to you know he's got to do his part. Well. The Baltimore Ravens, we know uh, who they are offensively and what they believe in, and that's running the football more than anybody else. And they lost their feature back, J.K. Dobbins, who you and I both thought 
was in line um, for a big, big year. And you were at their camp. I was at their camp. They were featuring him in multiple receiver spots, not just the slot, but also quite often split out wide and thought he would be a matchup problem mm-hmm. that would open things up for their intermediate and downfield passing game. Baldy, I almost feel like that may be the biggest blow in all of this. Like with that scheme, this Tyson Williams, he's pretty twitchy. Can he do some of the stuff on the outside when they run out of those, mm-hmm. you know, spread formations? Probably. The Gus bus could have always taken on more of a role than he had to. The quarterback's good for about 1,200 on the ground if you want it. I kind of feel like, though, with Bateman being out and with Watkins doing nothing all preseason and Hollywood Brown doing next to nothing all, all preseason, that losing that matchup element in the pass game, which was, again, a big part of their installations, I think that's where it might really hurt them. And a guy like Justice Hill is probably going to be the one to have to pick up some of that slack. Well, you know, <clears throat> we haven't seen Justice Hill. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick at Oklahoma State. He was the fastest back in the draft in 2019. He ran 4-4. He's got speed. He's not he's not nearly as strong as J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to even compare him. But, you know, he's, he's been there, and we'll see. I mean, he's, these guys are going to be given a chance, Tyson and, and Justice. But, I mean, I expect, you know, I, I, I expect a steady stream of free agents, you know, out there on the street to be coming through there. You know, I mean, what was Gus – what was right. Gus Edwards before, before he was him. Baltimore yeah. Raven? Yeah. Like well, he was in buying, I don't know. He was in all these different places, but that was a free agent at Rutgers that really fit in well. So I I think they can cobble it together. I mean, ultimately, they're still a playoff team, even without J.K. Dimes in my mind, because I think defensively they're that good. Mm-hmm. But and the special teams is second to none. Um, you know, the kicking game is is, yes. is fantastic. Yes. All of that. So, I mean, I think they're a playoff team. It's just it's going to come down to whether J.K. Dobbins is in the lineup or not. Can they be effectively – can they be effective enough in the passing game to beat Buffalo, to beat Kansas City, to beat some of these teams that are going to put points up on you? And you got to be able to match it. And it remains to be seen, you know, if Lamar and the passing game can do that. Yeah, it's kind of like they're right back uh, right back where they started. And I personally still have some issues about their offensive line as well, but we'll see We'll see how that plays out. You mentioned – Well, it was good to see Ronnie Stanley out there. Yeah, the no, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's Ronnie Stanley, all-pro Ronnie Stanley right now, but the fact that he's out there and they've got their five guys up there, whether it's Bozeman at center right now, Power, Zeitler, like they did play. Yeah. So they've got – you know, two weeks since the last preseason game, Jason, to kind of start looking like a Raven offensive line. So, I mean, it's at least that part of it, I think. And we'll see what Ben Cleveland's role is going to be. Mm, yeah. You know, so I'm worried I mean, about I, Villanueva. I, I, I could see them end up rotating right tackles like a year ago because they really don't have one. I yeah. actually think Tyree Phillips might beat that guy out at some well, point. Well, he, he, he certainly has played guard and tackle form. So, you know, I, I, well, they'll, they'll get the, by the time they get. To week one, they, they'll have their best five guys out there. Well, you mentioned the Chiefs, um, and obviously all roads in the AFC to the Super Bowl uh, are eventually going to go through Arrowhead. We are playing 17 games over 18 <clears throat> weeks now. Andy Reid um, played his starters a half of each of the last two games and got away with it. No major injuries. Um, they've they've got a good mojo going. They're going to hit the, the ground running 
in in week one with that rebuilt offensive line. Uh, sky's the limit, is it not, Baldy? Or are they going to be rewriting the record books in Kansas City? Well, the record for points scored in the season was by Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in 2013, Jason. 606 points. I, I think Kansas City shatters it. This They've got five new starters on the offensive line. Like, the commitment to it was ridiculous. You trade for Zeus. You pick up Joe Tooney in, you know, free agency. You draft Creed Humphrey. You draft Trey Smith. You had drafted Lucas Niang last year at a TCU. And to watch those five guys play together, I mean, they played in every preseason game, Jason, and all they did was get better and better. Like, <clears throat> when I say the sky's the limit, you give Patrick Mahomes time and a running game, like, mm-hmm. it's, to me, I don't know how you, you're going to slow this team down uh, offensively. I mean, Mahomes was unbelievable in the preseason, as you would imagine. But they got a lot of work in preseason. A lot of teams, you know, they, they chose yep. not to play. That's fine. But I think they they hit the ground. They played Cleveland week one in Kansas City. Like I, that offensive line looked as good as it's ever looked to me. I know, I know it's preseason. I know all that stuff. But they the way they play together and move the line of scrimmage, these two rookies, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, I don't know why Trey Smith lasted to the sixth round, Jason. I forget, like, if he had yeah. some, something with his heart. or You know, yeah. I, I forget exactly what the complication was. But he looks like a big-time player to me. And so, it, it it's – I don't know. They're going to get tested by Cleveland week one. We'll see how Zeus handles, you know, uh, Miles Garrett and all that kind of good stuff. But Zeus has texted me, and he's like, Baldy, watch out. Like, these yeah. guys are really good players, man. So, I don't know. Like, they caught my eye this preseason, Jason. Do you have any concerns about a secondary wide receiver really stepping up um, to at least give them what Sammy Watkins gave them a couple years ago when he was healthy? Nah, you know, they, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, they've got, you know, certain guys that have always Byron Pringle. I mean, all these guys have sort of played that sec, you know, that third role. You know, Sammy was in and out of the lineup, you know, different times. They drafted his Cornell Powell. We'll see, like, what he can give them. But, you know, they, they still have so many players. McCole Hardman, we'll see if his role increases at all. But it's still, it's still Tyreek, and it's, you know, third downs. I mean, they're just looking for the tight end, Kelsey, anywhere he's at. And nobody's really been consistent in how to shut him down. Yeah. I Again, there any problems the Chiefs have are decidedly first world problems um baldy we we are as we said at the onset uh just about a week out from the first regular season game uh people always want to know uh rookies or under the radar young players yeah uh potential breakout candidates i i know there's a few young men who've caught your eye here uh, as we head into the games that actually count in the standings well i mean if you watch quitty pay the indianapolis colts first round pick out of michigan I mean, he, he looks at times like all first-year defensive linemen, like a little bit lost in where the ball is going. But when he gets a chance just to tee off and, and come at you, like he's an impressive he, – he's impressive coming off the edge. Like his strength, um, you know, his twitch, like his power, like he's he shows up. Like he's, he's going to be a good player. They're starting him at right end. Um, he's going to play next to DeForest Buckner. Uh, he's got what they were looking for at that position, especially after you release Justin Houston and, 
And Justin Houston was a good player for him for a couple seasons, didn't miss a game. But this guy looks like all of that, plus, you know, being 10 years younger. So I think I think the Colts really, you know, I think they they picked the right guy when they took him out of Michigan with that with the first round pick. Like he he certainly has caught my eye in his abilities, you know, to be able to do a lot of things. I, I think I watched Rashawn Slater, mm-hmm. Jason. He played one preseason game. And, you know, I, I don't know the last time the Chargers had a true, you know, really good left tackle to great left tackle. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Charger fans will yell at me about somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, but this guy looks – not only does he look like he can protect the blind side of Justin Herbert, I think the guy's got incredible power and strength. He had the year off. Um, but he – you know, he's going up against Boza every day. So he's sure. getting tested. And I hear good reports about him against Joey Boza. You know, just guys that are there every day with the Chargers, which, you know, I mean, you want to get tested. I mean, I know how he practices. So it's going to get the best out of him. I'm excited to watch Rashawn Slater play. So he looks he looks the part to me to be able to hold down that left tackle spot. This kid, Nate Hobbs from mm-hmm. the Raiders, he was a he was a I don't know if he was fifth, sixth-round pick at Illinois cornerback, but he showed up for the Raiders. Now, Raiders completely rebuilt their defense, new defense coordinator, all that stuff. Gus Bradley comes in there. I think I still have question marks about their front front seven, but it does look like the back end for the first time in a long time. Trevon Mooring, um, you know, this Hobbs, um, you know, you look at Damon Arnett. Like, they looked better to me than they have in a long time. What do you think um, about Najee Harris as we now uh, have navigated the preseason? Um, he is a little bit battle-tested. At least he's built up a few calluses from playing mm-hmm. in these games. Um, but, Baldy, they still are. Looks like Dan Moore Jr. now is going to be the left tackle. They're not sure about Banner and his availability. Um I don't know that they're necessarily going to know their best five by week one, but that kid also doesn't seem to care if he's hit three yards and behind the line of scrimmage. He kind of feels like it's his duty to fall forward no matter what. He he, he has I, – I think he's a big-time back, Jason. I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh has seen a back like this since Le'Veon, you know, circa 2017. Right. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Le'Veon. I don't know. But he can catch the ball like Levy, and he can run routes really well. Um, but one thing that I noticed is he's just not going to have a lot of negative runs. I mean, he's either making people miss or he's running through people. And this is with a rebuild offense line. Um, you know, it's good, and I, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be really good. I, I, I'm anxious to watch. Like when I watch Kendrick Green, the rookie center. You know, he wears 53. Yeah. That's what Marquise Pouncey wore. He's not the biggest guy. Marquise wasn't the biggest guy. I'm not trying to compare anybody to anyone. But he kind of reminds you that maybe maybe Marquise isn't gone. Just just the number and the kind of the way that he plays. Like I think he's going to be all right. You know, and I I think Turner and Dotson are going to be fine. It won't surprise me if Dan Moore is their starting left tackle. I mean, he was a left tackle at Texas A&M. They said, you know, we'll move him inside, and I'm sure, you know, that was their plan. But you got to put your best five out there. Zach Banner, like he's big. I mean, he, you know, he can obliterate the sun. But he's never really either stayed he's healthy. Never out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, he's always had, he's been in this league now for like, I don't know, Jason. Came out of USC like four years or something yeah. now. But, you know, it, but that's been his issue. And so if you got to put a core for over back over there at right tackle, then that's what you do. So I'm not sure what the final plan is, but I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, I do as well. It'll be fascinating to see whether Mike Tomlin does, in fact, continue his run of, of winning seasons. I, I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, I also am a little a little more worried about them in the trenches than I've been in a while. You know, Stefan Tuitt, that, that Mike Tomlin doesn't want to say anything about his situation yet in terms of his health, but um, we haven't seen much of him on, on the defensive line for them as well. And so we'll have to see how that um how that unfolds. Well, Baldy, when we do this again next week, we will be previewing uh, the games that catch our yeah. eye week one. It, it's going to be a heck of a slate. Um, some some great matchups right off the bat. And we get to, to do this for one more week than in the past with the expanded playoffs. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll start with previewing the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes, sir. And they kicked this season off in Tampa and – They'll be raising the flag and, you know, for the first time in a long time, you know, I think uh, there'll be standing room only in the end zones there when the cannons go off. It should be a great atmosphere and it should kick off. I, I, I don't know. You've been doing this a long, long time, Jason, myself as well. The anticipation for this thing this year is as high as it's ever been. And so and we got fans, you know, stadiums full. It, it should be it, it should be awesome to do this every week. Yeah, it's going to be um, the best reality television show yeah. going. It's going to be the NFL uh, for the next 23, 24 weeks, whatever it is, until we crown another champion. As always, we thank you guys for listening. Please reach out to us on Twitter, at Jason Lockenfora, at Paul the NFL. Let us know what you think. Rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast goodness. And we are sure, like us, you will be counting down the hours till next week when we actually preview the games that matter. Thank you guys as always for listening and we'll chat with you again next week.